You're listening to Ink Speak, where storytelling and poetry meet the wonder and magic of living. I'm your captain, author, poet, and unearther of life, Maverick Malone. Girl with Pearl, What Vermeer Didn't See Last week, I didn't read. Honestly, I think it was the first night since I started coming over a year ago that I didn't get up here and at least say something. And it wasn't for lack of content. It never is. I'm a wordy one, but there are roadblocks and the path from chair to stage is less like a straight shot and more like a maze. I hadn't been to a poetry night in a couple of months. I felt rusty. I was already going through the motions of unruly emotions and had kind of lost my confidence. And I waffled all last Tuesday night on whether to come up here and read. Flipping through my phone with its little black book of poems like, which lucky lady would it be tonight? Which one was worthy? Which one felt right? Which one was good enough for the mic? And then I heard it. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough for who? Good enough for what? We don't come here to compare. We don't come here to show out. We come here to show up. Sometimes for others, sometimes just for ourselves. If you're blessed, you get both. Tuesday nights are about something different for each of us, and we all read with various intentions and purposes bearing a different, beautiful message each time. Some nights, they are the Edward Monk painting, frozen in an endless scream. Some nights, they are guts and gore from the ground floor of our being. Some nights, they are the heart and gospel and a mischievous wink from the universe. Last week, the blues were mentioned at the end of the show, and I think every Tuesday night is absolutely a little bit like that. Soul. This week, it's girls in pearl earrings, sitting pretty, one in a frame and one on a stage while someone else paints what they see. This luminous mystery of some solitary being drenched in mundanity, wondering when girl might become woman, when she ceases to only exist on canvas or in text on a screen, when she moves from a thing seen to a thing heard. I'm sure that girl was told just as I multiple times to stay quiet. Let Vermeer do his thing. Let the others speak. And I bet that whole time she was being still, her inner voice was also screaming. I wonder what she may have been thinking, if she and I come from similar places. I wonder if her lips were eternally sealed and stitched, or if she always kept them slightly parted as depicted, as if infinitely contemplating the dangerous risk of speech. I wonder if there's more to her story that we don't see, one that I think lies hiding in her earring. I think about this in terms of the process of how a pearl is formed. An irritant, some foreign substance, becomes trapped in the mollusk. The animal senses this and coats it. Its natural reaction is to cover it up with layer after layer to protect itself. Something beautiful and rare made from the agitation of some seemingly small insignificant thing. We're all mollusks. Just as hurtful words from some insignificant stranger or some agonizingly painful event can coat our hearts, we try to cover it up, layering their words, those thoughts, with more of what we know we are not, but because the pearl hasn't yet been unearthed, because we are still learning, we are still forming, because we don't yet see it, we think we are what we've been told. We think we are what has happened to us. We think we are not enough. We begin to identify so much with what others think we are or should be, and so our shell thickens. We close up, we stay quiet, we remain hidden. Tuesdays are many things, but if I shuck it open and pluck the pearl, they are always about putting that visceral and hidden on display. 
removing the layers, stripping it all away, alchemizing the pain, stepping front and center instead of hiding backstage. Maybe the earring in the painting was symbolic of the same thing. Or maybe I'm projecting. Maybe it was added to the painting as nothing more than aesthetics and intrigue. Yet another pretty thing to draw the male gaze. But whatever the reason for the earring, the more poetic metaphor I've explained shares the sentiment with Tuesday for why each of us came today. For me, it's about vulnerability and bravery in my own way. It's bloodletting before my physical body is ready because I still struggle up here. On the outside, I might look cool and composed, but inside, I'm the dripping acrylics of Edward's silent scream being painted over and over again because even two faces staring back at me at times feels like too much. It's a paradox. I'm an enigma, a poet, a writer, a painter with words to my very core, and it's all I've ever wanted to do in this beautifully fucked up world. Open my mouth and be seen, yeah, but more importantly, to be heard, to share my heart and call it art, to make a difference, to feel significant, and here I am finding that very thing to be incredibly taxing and monumentally difficult. The body does not cooperate. Even writing this piece, just thinking about being the one to read it had my heart jumping rope. Enough, enough, enough. My wild imagination thoughts can be a very slippery slope. I didn't put pressure on myself last week to read. I just observed. I'm still learning about self-compassion, grace, and holding space for myself. For the parts of me that are still becoming, Mercury's damp, matted wings slowly unfolding, this rough sketch always wanting to go rogue. For the versions that at times do nothing but sit on a stool and stare curiously into the many lenses pointed back at me. But if I can just show up, I can just walk through these very doors and be here, a body in a chair, even from the bottom of the stage or the back of the bar. Sometimes that is enough because all of it is progress. All of it is me just showing up. I think when people come up here and talk about their deepest fears, it helps me to not feel so alone in my own. To feel noticed, and that's always been my why. Connection. I know we've all got our demons. Anxiety, self-worth, self-sabotage, addiction, depression, grief, trauma. We've all got shit. Mine at one point in time was all of it, but not so anymore thanks to the healing power of words that have rescued me more than once. But the last one in the art box still taunts. One that pokes and prods and says, it's not enough. Who would want to pay attention to you? It's what I've dealt with my whole life. Cursed cloak of invisibility I never asked for, but got anyway. Standard issue at birth, I guess, for someone like me. A Gemini, I might add. Would you believe? But I realize that's been the whole lesson, to find a way to remove those cloaked layers of fear and turn the pain into pearlescent purpose, not only to be seen, not only to part my lips, but to shout the words and speak. I think sometimes the hardest thing we have to do is get out of our own way. And for me, that looks like standing on a stage, despite the quivers and the shakes, while I hold my own hand and speak my own story in my own vernacular, knowing I'm the only one who could ever tell this one the way it's meant to be told because it's mine and mine alone. The one of first reclaiming my body, then my mind, and finally my throat. The one rewriting the title as simply Girl with Pearl. The one of breaking a lifelong curse and allowing myself the gift of cracking open and being heard. I think the greatest lesson here I'm trying to paint with words is just how much a single voice is worth. And scene. Just kidding. I'm just getting started. I'm so glad you've hopped on this boat for the first official episode. Hi, I'm Maverick Malone. 
still a poet, still burning shit down, just Buzz Lightyearing it now, falling, and yes, sometimes failing, but you know, with style. Welcome to Ink Speak, the podcast where I take my written word, turn it into spoken word, and then pull you into my mind maze and we'll go 60 different directions seemingly all at once. As my first official episode, I wanted to kick everything off with a little bit of why I started this podcast and some backstory on the irony of my speaking and writing journey, how my debilitating fear of not only public speaking, but just speaking in general, and my imprisonment of smallness and silence has now culminated in me sharing my work, my thoughts, my beliefs here in my own personal corner of the universe, how bravery is found every time I hit publish, every time I push submit, every time I open my mouth to publicly speak about, well, literally anything. This is my first ever podcast, fresh and brand new from my brain, and it's something I felt called to start for many reasons. One, I'm a Gemini. I talk a lot, mostly to myself and with an insane amount of hand movement. But at some point, my lengthy shower monologues, erratic car conversations, and head-of-the-table chats with the universe turned into something way, way more than that. Two, did I mention I'm a Gemini? One that is also a 2-4 emotional manifester in human design, and if you don't know what human design is, you will at some point if you stick around. Case in point, I get bored quickly, and I have a lot of passions, a lot of creative urges, and I'm often seen starting 12 projects at once and unfortunately finishing about mm, maybe two of them. There's a half-finished piece of black and white striped furniture still sitting on the painter's tarp smack in the middle of my living room that has been there for almost two months. There are also a couple cans of black paint waiting not so patiently in the garage for a project that was supposed to be done over a year ago. Apparently, not finishing things is correct for us as manifestors, which I find hilarious and so validating. Thinking back to childhood when I tried ballet, piano, and gymnastics and the span of a few short years and yes, quit all of them. But the big ones, the big things like books and anything involving words, those stick around to completion. And I think this one's got some staying power. And if this episode had video, you'd see that I am quite literally wink-winking right now. And yeah, even me just sitting in my closet recording the solo episode finds me talking with my hands. I can't help it. They have a mind of their own sometimes. And finally, three, the most important point, I'm a writer. But let me preface this here. You don't have to be a writer, a poet, or anything like that to get something out of this podcast. It's structured around poems and opening prose and stories, but I'll be tying all kinds of topics into this podcast relationships, dating, mental health, motherhood, how society still impresses this idea onto women, how we're expected to play a myriad of roles, to be the boardroom boss, the mother, the doting wife or girlfriend, all while trying to carve out any small amount of time left for our dreams, passions, and hobbies. And when we can't keep up and inevitably develop anxiety and or depression or some other mental health issue, America's solution is to pump us full of pills rather than address the root of the societal problem. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on the normalized culture of, quote, doing it all and the nine to five grind and this country's lack of actual support, not just for women, but for any group that's seen as different. It's exhausting, to say the least. And it led me to my own breakdown when I couldn't keep up. But story for another day. As for writing, it's the one thing that has never left me. Not really. I have a lot of thoughts and expressing myself through words isn't just what I do. It's who I am. Words are like oxygen for me. Writing comes just as naturally as, maybe even more than, breathing. While I've always been a writer and joke that I've been writing since the womb, I didn't start my writing Instagram account at Mav Malone and begin publicly sharing my truth until August 2021, right before I lit my first proverbial match and made the bonfire decision to leave a 14-year relationship, seven years of which were spent married, and then burned it all down in favor of something novel and new, myself. 
And wow, let me tell you, that has been a whole journey to see who I was to who I have now become. It's night and day. So I wanted to start by discussing this opening poem and why it's so important and relevant. When I thought about this initial episode, I had something else in mind for the opener, a piece I wrote a year ago and read on a stage at my second ever open mic night. It was a piece that spoke to the same sentiment, me feeling so much terrifying anxiety coursing through my body, pumping the brakes on me getting up on stage, but also this growing hungry part of me that said I needed to, that there was something for me in all of this not only in facing my fear, but in opening my mouth to speak words I had written on the fly straight from the heart. But the more I thought about it, in reflecting on how far I'd come from that initial reading to today, something I wrote and read a few weeks ago at Open Mic Night, this girl with a pearl piece, made even more sense. This idea of humans as mollusks, hiding our gifts, our love, our uniqueness, and our really just ourselves, and the challenges we face trying to unearth them. We all have fears and things we struggle with. For years, mine has been fear in general and anxiety about life, that something bad was around the corner at all times and my body lived in this state for decades. Like my body was constantly stuck in the wrong gear majority of the time. I've battled anxiety my whole life and up until 2020, I didn't even realize it was anxiety. I thought it was just the way I was and always would be, this really, really nervous person. Growing up, Life didn't feel safe to me. People terrified me and speaking especially was not something I felt comfortable doing. So I built my shell by covering myself in writing. It was where I felt safe and most like myself. While I don't struggle with anxiety nearly as much anymore, the writing obviously stuck around and my voice really started coming out. I feel some type of way about my work, some type of way about life, that creating for me that this, not even just the podcast, but this words, storytelling, truth, using my voice is where I'm found time and time again. And we all have these big dreams, so to speak, something we're trying to achieve. And it's that mollusk part of us that can make it difficult, those layers. But even those are necessary. What we grow through to get over our overarching purpose enhances that story and enriches us. These lessons, our pain becomes our purpose, part of our story. It adds fuel to our fire. Definitely not in the moment because I've been through some shit like I know you have, but when I look back, I can see how it all fits. This was something I had to do to help me work through a core wound, a fear that's been holding me back from opportunity. I saw this quote recently online that said, when things really hurt you, they make you quiet. While I don't think this is true for everyone, some people wear their wounds quite loudly and put them on display with how much some people in this world so openly hate But some people, empaths, creatives, and the sensitive especially, internalize these and try to cover it up to make it hurt less. We become the mollusk and basically just clam up and keep building these walls to keep us safe, or what we perceive as safety. And I, for one, was quiet for decades, putting layer after layer on that pain until I decided to start talking about it. I'm going to discuss things on this podcast in later episodes that probably even my parents and some of my friends don't know. Stuff I have never openly discussed before, but I feel that I've reached the point in my life where it's time. There's no shame around what happened to me, around what I went through, around how I dealt with it. It's just part of my overarching narrative and played a role in making me the way that I am. And my hope in sharing those stories is to connect because I know I'm not the only one with a story like this, but I am maybe one of the few who is willing to talk about it openly and honestly. What really kicked off 
the whole journey, though, and opened my eyes to everything was the divorce. For years, I felt something was missing. I grew increasingly unhappy. I was unfulfilled as a mother and wife, lost in a sea of my own anxiety, and I was insanely good at running in place and going nowhere fast. Then I began to question everything. My questions led me down the personal growth path, then to a shitstorm of spiritual awakening where I had three months worth of dark nights of the soul and battled with an incredibly dysregulated nervous system in Millennium Falcon hyperdrive straight into a black hole and a whole backlog of unresolved trauma, followed by about another year of deep introspection and therapy, of which I'm still in and loving it. And finally, after cultivating my own inner voice and exploring myself through writing, I came to this earth-shattering decision that would shift my entire life's trajectory. I had to leave my marriage. No one was going to grant me the permission I felt I needed back then to exit because the whole lesson was to trust. So I did. And then my inner voice got a little louder and told me to legally change my entire name, first, middle, and last. So I did. And then she shouted from the rooftops to chase my dreams and publish the poems I'd been writing throughout the divorce as I was discovering and learning to love myself. So I did. And shameless plug here, if you want to read that story, my poetry book is called Press Petals and is on my website and Amazon. And that inner voice has told me many things since. To pay attention to the signs and synchronicities, to be brave and take chances, to lean further into my feels and really feel them. And my boyfriend can attest to the fact that I cry um, a lot. To then open my mouth and speak those feels, to take the door off my heart, to write about the men I went on dates with, to compile a book about the most important one with a smile like a piano melody, and above all, to keep. To keep going, to keep believing, to keep writing. The spiritual and divorce stories deserve their own forthcoming episodes, but it was my writing that carried me through the entire process and straight into my own continual becoming. To then arrive here, having grown enough to speak into a mic about my life, my anxiety, my fear of public speaking, about, well, everything. I write poetry mostly, and let me state that it's accessible and straightforward poetry, because even I can still read a poem and reach the end only to ask, what the actual fuck did I just read? And to be fully transparent, I write some shit like that too, this wild out there head scratching kind of stuff, but most of it's pretty easy to understand. As I've gone along on this journey, what started as short poems eventually evolved into some, into some very verbose and long-form poetry and prose. There are two kinds of poets in this world. The ones who simply walk through the door and the riotous extremists who smash an already bloodied fist through the plate glass window, strip away every layer of constrictive clothing in a forceful cacophony of evocative adjectives and take off howling explosive expletives into the wild mystery of an obscenely obsidian night. One guess which one I am. So I needed a place for that. And here we are. Some of the things I write are just really beautiful poetic thoughts. Some are neither poetry nor prose, but some kind of amalgamation that stands all on its own. Some are satirical and sarcastic. Actually, a lot of the things I say and write are sarcastic. I make fun of micro poems a lot. You know, the kind that go like, you are the sun. I am the moon. Darling, we belong together. And that's the end. And it's like a book I can finish in all of 15 minutes, where every poem essentially says the same thing. But I'm also not above making fun of myself, too, because I've written micro poems like this, mostly early on. And if anyone is offended by what I say, you probably take yourself too seriously because, hey, if you can't laugh at yourself, call me. I'll do it for you. Kidding. Sort of. Anyway, what I began to realize in these incredible things I was creating 
the dictionary length ones especially, they deserved more than a screen. I wanted a place for my poetry, my stories, for me to just land softly. In the beginning of my journey, I wrote a short piece titled Just Passing Through. One of those micro poems, if you will. I've changed so much since then because these days me trying to write a poem of anything less than 10,000 words with at least 45 disjointed metaphors and 63 similes is impossible, is an impossible, impossible, absolutely impossible feat. Guys, I spent two hours in a coffee shop just trying to pare down the description for this podcast to the recommended 180 words. It's not easy when you have this much to say and too many traffic jams in your throat, but that little poem contained only four lines. All these years, I was just grains of sand slowly carried off by the wind, looking for a soft place to land. And that's what I was looking for, a soft place to land, a home, place that was just mine where I could share in my own voice what I was thinking and feeling and writing, a kind of verbal blog in a sense, a blogcast. I wanted a place to belong and I wanted to be the one to build it. Instagram really isn't the platform for the work that I do. It stopped being the place for that a while ago and I wanted more, always with the more. It's a way to share and build community, yeah, but I have such a love-hate relationship with it. That rat race is so tiresome, and I hate the likes, views, and followers aspect of it. I also really hate the ads and the fakeness of it sometimes. Instagram these days is just like, whose line is it anyway? Everything feels made up, and the points don't matter. These likes, these views, they don't matter. I think all of that detract from its core purpose of sharing and connection because it fosters comparison, and people out there also have micro attention spans, but I digress. The more I was sharing and the longer my pieces got, the more I realized just how much they needed to be spoken aloud in my own voice and the one I'd been cultivating over the last almost two years of this deeply transformational journey. I often write many spoken word pieces actually, but I don't have the energy to do the whole reels and video thing. The one time I tried after finally nailing the video recording of a spoken word piece on the 165th take, I posted it. Instagram promptly malfunctioned and the universe laughed in my face and only half the video got uploaded. And I thought, okay, fuck that noise. Where else is this going? How else can I share? So I started going to a local poetry open mic night about a year ago, which if you knew me way back then, you know, I had an intense debilitating fear of public speaking. And to some degree, I still do. Speaking in front of people is next level scary. But at least it's not as crippling anymore, thanks to chiropractic and a myriad of other healing modalities to get my insanely dysregulated nervous system back in sync. Now I can make myself do it because I know I'm making progress each time I do. And I love the encouraging feedback from the wonderful people at Poetry Nights after I get done performing. But back then, I would shake just at the thought of having to get up in front of people to give a speech or a presentation or even to raise my hand to ask a question in class. Speaking did not feel safe, and speaking my truth, sharing my thoughts, my opinions, my art, that was most definitely off limits. You know those, quote, fun icebreaker games where you'd go around in a circle and everyone took a turn to say something about themselves? That's legit an introvert's worst nightmare. And me, personally, I still hate being put on the spot like that. But the ironic thing is, I really, really love sharing my work, and I love spoken word, and my poetry especially. And most of it is written as spoken word to be shared live. And yet, I still have a ways to go around the speaking part. Throat wounds, trauma, and conditioning, you know? But I'm trying. And damn, that's worth something. There's a really great quote by Georgia Dare that says, Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And I got to a point in my journey where I was tired of caving to that fear and the anxiety. 
They ran my life for years. I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid to trust myself. I was afraid to leave the only relationship I'd ever known. I was afraid to put myself out there. I was afraid to chase my dreams. All of the what ifs said I wasn't enough until I said enough is enough. My friend told me about this open mic night for spoken word and poetry specifically that a local brewery had recently started. She suggested that we go. So we went and we made friends with an out-of-towner at the bar. We invited him to sit down at our table and then everyone conspired to get me on a stage. I don't drink anymore, but that first time I went to open mic night, it took three beers and some serious coaxing from my best friend to get me on a stage because part of me really didn't want to. But it was this growing part that really did. And God bless those friends and even supportive strangers that encourage us to do the hard things because you know what? I felt incredible after doing it. I was nervous as shit, but I did it. I was vulnerable and brave, and I felt such a sense of accomplishment for facing my fear. Support really makes all the difference in the world sometimes. So Sarah, if you're listening, who am I kidding? I know you are. Thank you for that night and the million that came before and the million that both came after and will continue to. Had I not gone to that first poetry show, honestly, I probably wouldn't be here talking into a microphone for my own podcast. After the proverbial and ceremonial ripping of the Band-Aid, I kept going back on Tuesday nights. The next time I went alone, I showed up completely solo, not knowing anyone, and I sat in the back on the couch, unsure if I was going to read or not. I had a couple of pieces in my back pocket in case I got brave, but I didn't put pressure on myself to get on stage and read. If it happened, it happened. It only took one and a half years that time, and I actually ended up reading something I wrote on the fly from that leather couch at the back of the room. And I was the last performer of the night. Coming down off that stage to the sound of claps and snaps and having people come up to me afterward, telling me how my words impacted them felt like a high, like love between strangers, like finally being seen for who I am and who I always knew I could be. I went back again, and after my third time, I gave up alcohol completely. Not just for performing, but just as a massive lifestyle change. I used it as a crutch for a lot of things. More on that, I'm sure, at some point, but I just didn't need it anymore. I've been to open mic night many times since, usually alone, but I've made friends along the way. And while I don't go regularly because hashtag single mom co-parenting schedules, and also I'm not always in the mental space to do so, but when I do go, I feel proud for continuing to give fear the middle finger, no matter how much my voice still shakes or how hard my heart pounds when I read. It's a process. And somewhere out there in my own personal everything everywhere all at once is a version of me that does this for a living in some capacity effortlessly. And no, she does not have hot dog fingers or googly eyes, but she does get up in front of people dressed in something over the top fabulous or ridiculous, probably both, honestly, and shares her heart in poetry. Look, if cauliflower can be pizza, literally anything is possible. There are no rules. So I'm starting a new journey to that woman, and it begins here on the other side of this mic, speaking my ink. Podcasting kind of came out of the ether. Initially, I had the idea a few days before a solo trip to Beaufort, South Carolina. I thought I'd go to Best Buy and get some basic podcast equipment to take with me on that trip. Turns out the Best Buy near my house was closed, like out of business kind of closed. So I shelved the idea, but it kept coming back. And a few weeks later, when my friend told me she was starting her own, it felt like a sign. But me being me, I needed a signier sign. I ask the universe for signs a lot, usually things that when I see or hear, because I get so many messages through song. I can instantly recognize it as a sign. So it has to be something completely random and out of the blue, like a pink flamingo on a highway billboard or a zebra suitcase in a TJ Maxx, something you wouldn't necessarily always see or come across in a random place. 
But I didn't know what sign to ask for because at times I still doubt them and wonder if it's just coincidence. I once again pushed the idea to the back of my head and went about my life. Then one day, as I was walking into work, the minute I unlocked the door, the word leprechaun dropped into my head. I hadn't been thinking anything related to leprechauns or St. Patrick's Day or the like. It just appeared. This is how I know. It's the same way my name was delivered to me out of the blue. This was the universe informing me. This will be your sign to start the ne- this next thing. Be on the lookout. That evening, I got a text from my sister-in-law. She knew I was wanting to get Apple TV so I could binge season three of Ted Lasso after watching seasons one and two on someone else's account because you guys, that is a fantastic feel-good show. So please go check it out. But she told me that Target was doing a promotion where you got three months of Apple TV free if you had their app, which I did. So I used the promo code. I have an old TV with a Roku and for whatever reason, it wouldn't play Ted Lasso or any other TV show. But the next night when I was looking for a movie to watch with my daughter for our weekly movie night, a film called Luck was on the home screen as a suggestion for me. I didn't know anything about it other than it was animated. It was about a girl and a cat. Most importantly, it wasn't frozen or tangled for the 185th time. I love Disney movies, but damn, even I have my limits. As if by magic, this movie started playing when nothing else on Apple TV would work. The further we got into the film, I realized why. I had been guided to this movie because it was full of leprechauns. Coincidence? I suppose you could chalk it up to that. It really depends on what you're willing to believe, your outlook on life, and if you can see these supposed coincidences as guidance, as encouragement, as magic. As Roald Dahl says, those who don't believe in magic will never find it. Well, I'm someone who very, very much believes in magic, so I took it as a sign. Then a week later, I got a rejection letter for a poem I submitted to a contest. This was my second rejection, and while it didn't sting as much as the first, there's always a sort of doubt that comes when you get a rejection. I'm still learning to build a thick skin around it. So I went to the gym and started running, listening to my motivational music, and I see this girl on the elliptical in the row in front of me, and she's wearing this sweatshirt. How people exercise in sweatshirts is beyond me. I'd work out in lingerie if I could. And actually, I have done yoga at home in my underwear because I get hot and I sweat a lot. But honestly, why the fuck not? Anyway, I glimpsed the sweatshirt and at first it didn't register. And then I did a double take and realized it's a fighting Irish sweatshirt and there's a huge leprechaun on the back. I felt the nudge and the message from the universe like, you got to keep going. This could be something if you want it to. I'm grateful for messages like this in moments where we're filled with those seedlings of self-doubt why I always pay attention to the signs. That girl may have had a leprechaun on her back, but I know the universe has mine. And it wasn't long before whole episode transcripts and ideas started coming through after this lengthy rest cycle where I was just not feeling like myself, where I was questioning my next steps, where I was resistant to letting go of who I was last summer because I wasn't feeling as steadfast, as confident, I guess because I was preparing for this. When I let go of the idea that I had to be the same woman I was last summer, When I made space for this next version to come through, when I reassured myself that I would still love her too, whoever she became, as many times as she became them, this behemoth of an episode came through. So I bought some equipment, watched a few YouTube videos, listened to a couple how-to podcast episodes, and I was up and running. Full disclosure, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I never do when I start things. I just hear things and see things in my mind's eye, and if it's something I'm meant to do, the idea sticks and I follow it. If it's meant for me, it's something I keep coming back to. It's something that won't leave me alone, but I just learn as I go. Do you guys remember the parent trap, the Lindsay Lohan version? There's a scene where she's in the closet under the stairs, Harry Potter style. 
so she can talk on the phone to her sister in secret. And when she comes out, her family is standing there with this bewildered look on their faces like, what the hell are you doing? And she makes something up on the fly and goes, it's an old camp tradition. Talk to your friend from inside a closet. That's me. Not knowing what I'm doing, only what I'm talking about, hooked up to my equipment and alone in a closet, just talking as if there's a room full of people with me and with the spiritual shit I believe, you know, there kind of is. And if all the world's a stage, then I'm claiming this as my corner of it. And the curtain is finally going up. And one day I'm going to outgrow this closet. Really, it makes perfect sense. I wrote part of this transcript as an interview script, which is a manifestation technique where you essentially interview a future version of yourself. I wrote it about a month ago, not too long before that Beaufort trip, acting as both interviewer and interviewee about how I started this podcast. And here I am taking pieces of that and writing it into being into an actual episode, into my first episode, one in which I didn't think I'd have enough to fill even 15 minutes. And sure enough, here I am well past that marker and I'm still going. Defined throat with a Gemini sun, ladies, gentlemen, and all the pronouns in between. One thing was a constant though. I knew I wanted to open with a poem. I knew that my work was hard to read at times because it's so long and people have micro attention spans smaller than the micro poems all over Instagram. People love books, but many of those same people find reading books difficult because of the time it requires. So lots of people love listening to audiobooks and podcasts. People may not sit and scroll through a 10-slide carousel post of mine to read what I wrote, but you know what they could do? Listen to me read. Listen to me talk. Listen to me flip from one topic to the next with more switchbacks than the S-curves up Signal Mountain. And if you live in Chattanooga, you know exactly what I'm referencing. And those same people love multitasking, like me. Podcasts make the mundane more fun. Cleaning, working, driving in the car. It's a way to absorb new information and ideas and be entertained while doing other things. I thought about this in terms of my own work. People might not have the time to read and digest my long-form poetry and prose, especially when the only place majority of it existed was in digital squares on a screen, on a platform initially made for visuals, but they could certainly listen to it. Each episode, I open with a poem that's relevant to whatever I want to discuss that day, and I let myself just be inspired by my experiences and my surroundings. Inkspeak is really just like a living room conversation. I leave the door open, and whoever wants to drop in on my discussion is welcome to come in, pour a cup of tea, and listen as I talk about everything and nothing. I'm letting this become whatever it wants to become, but as at its heart, it's always been about the poetry and the creative writing. There was always a poem, and there always will be. I listen to podcasts all the time, and I love finding ones that resonate, that speak to some of the experiences I myself have gone through, and then tell these stories. At my core, I just like to both share my own and create new ones. But even if it's fictional, it all has a thread of truth. Writers and storytellers draw from our own experiences. That's what I want to do. No longer can I sit in radiostatic silence behind a screen or otherwise. Been there for 30 years plus, done that. No thanks. I don't want to perpetuate that story anymore. The one of smallness, the one of staying quiet, the one of being so afraid to speak up and out about what's on my mind, what's on my heart. As women especially... Sometimes it's all too easy to sweep ourselves under the rug and tell ourselves that our opinions, our thoughts, our feelings, our wants, our needs don't matter. I want to share those stories, your stories, and my story, my journey. I want to connect. I want to bring other people on from time to time and shoot the shit. I want to have intelligent conversations. I want to have silly, ridiculous conversations. I want to talk about sex, politics, the big issues at large, and all the other Brunos in the room because we don't talk about them enough. 
I want to tell you about my travels, my thoughts, my spiritual experiences. Some of those are wild, y'all. Like the time I felt a disembodied hand on my back during a solo stay in a treehouse. True story. I want you to know what it's like inside my head. And I want you to know my heart. I want to get on here and open each time with a poem. Some I wrote, some not, but always pertinent to whatever I want to talk about that day. I want to share both my work and others' brilliant work. I want to give a platform to the fireflies, those of us like myself who feel we are sometimes just shouting into the vast black nothingness, still shining our light, still singing our song, wondering if anyone is listening. I want you to know that you matter and I too am listening. I want to hear from you. I want to know you and I want you to know me. I want this to be an authentic place and I want it to be safe space. Essentially, I want my own 24-7 open mic night. So hi. The neon sign is on and all of this is officially open for business. Hope you'll join me on this ride. I think, no, I know. You're going to like what you find. Thanks for sticking around until the very end. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my one-woman show, please subscribe and share it on social media or leave a rating and review. Reviews will help this pod to be found more easily, and that in turn helps this whole thing grow. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mav Malone. Let's connect. My DMs are always open, and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest events, books, and podcast episode releases, please head to my website, maverickmalone.com, and sign up for my email newsletter. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>